Lantern Podcast, Episode 6, Photography Tips and Tricks for Makers, with Amy Eaton. In this episode, I speak to Amy Eaton about the importance of having great product photography. You need to be able to send them photos that gets them excited about your product. We chat about some of the hurdles that makers face when photographing their work. If you don't have great lighting, you're not going to have a great photo. And she shares some great tips for makers photographing their own products. You don't want the light to come directly from the source and hit your product. For example, like out in the middle of the yard in broad daylight or out on your sunny deck. Welcome to Lantern, the podcast where we shine a light on making it as a maker. I'm your host, Julianne Steedman, professional artist, mentor, and champion for makers. The Lantern podcast explores what it takes to be a maker, someone who creates beauty with their hands. We delve into how to create in a way that is sustainable and authentic and dig deep into how to take your making and turn it into a successful creative business. Amy is a brand and product photographer turned teacher. She has taught hundreds of makers and artists how to take outstanding photos of their products with her online course, Snap, Sell, Succeed. She opened her online photography school in 2017 and hasn't looked back. Her knowledge and excitement towards her work is contagious. You're going to listen to this episode and then want to go and take some pictures. Okay, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into teaching makers about photography? Well, I am originally a brand and product photographer, and I loved taking photos, but I was finding that I wanted a change in my life. I was I had just had my first baby and I was looking at moving to my home province of Nova Scotia away from the big city of Toronto where <laughs> yeah. I was obviously getting clients and I knew that having clients in Nova Scotia was not a likely scenario and certainly not a sustainable business for sure. So I was trying to explore some options of how I can make my business online, scalable, you know, could kind of do it from anywhere. Yeah. And I, I knew that there was this big need in the community for makers to have simplified photography training because I have had friends in the handmade world for quite a while. And I've done a few in-person workshops and the feedback had been amazing. And I knew how much there was a need for this kind of thing. Cause it's not, it wasn't being taught anywhere, not yeah. properly anyway. And, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of people who teach product photography online, but it's really geared towards photographers. So it's way over yeah. makers heads. And then there's, you know, some, some makers who take their own photos who would give like a few tips here and there, but nothing really thorough and, you know, really empowering them how to take their own photos. So yeah. I decided I was going to build that. And, um, it just was kind of right out of the gate. It just was just so well received and I've absolutely loved it ever since. That's great. And that's the story of how I got into it. <laughs> and I think that's one of the, the things that as like a maker or an artist starting out, it's really hard because you have to kind of be good at everything. All of this like marketing and all of these things. And, you know, most people, you're not good at that. You're like, oh, I make this thing and now I want to share it with the world. And, you know, so this might seem like a silly question, but why are good photos so important? That's a very good question, actually. <laughs> okay, and it's not silly. <laughs> I, think, I think, no, it's not stupid at all. I, th- I think a lot of people have um, this secret wish that it's not important <laughs> because it's really challenging uh, to really capture great product photos well. But it is so important because when, when someone's shopping online, they don't have any 
familiarity with your product at all. I mean, if someone's shopping in a store, they go in, they pick it up, they turn it around, they look at it inside and outside, they develop a sense of familiarity with it, decide they like it, and then they buy it. Mm -hmm. But online, the only way they can experience that process is through photos. So if the photo isn't great quality, if it's not well lit, if it doesn't look professional, then a potential customer is making, uh, first of all, they're making a bunch of assumptions. They're, they're seeing a low quality photo, so they subconsciously think, okay, the product is also low quality, which yeah. is not what you want them to think. No. Uh, they also get a sense of a lack of professionalism. They're hesitant to hand their money over. And just generally, they're not able to feel confident about the product enough to make that purchase. They need to feel like they know it. They need to feel like they understand the features and the qualities and the textures and all of those pieces. And the only way that you can communicate that is through good photos. So, so many makers struggle with sales and it always, almost always comes down to not having great photos. Yeah. And not even just from like a sales point of view too, but like, say if you were applying for like the one of a kind show or for a market or any sort of art show, this is, Uh they can't, they don't have it in front of you, right? So they need to like have the fantastic photo that represents your work. Yeah, and same with like wholesalers. There's yes. all kinds of you know re- retailers. You might want to start selling yourself wholesale. It, uh, oftentimes, you may be doing that from afar. You know, you might be seeking out retailers across the country, and you need to be able to send them photos that gets them excited about your product. And there's there's a lot of different instances. And some of my students have even said that they didn't realize how it wasn't just about selling stuff on Etsy or on your website. It was so many different pieces that they never realized they needed these great photos for. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think that when we think of like photography for makers, we think of the product photos, but is it just great product photos that you need or are there other types of images that would be great to have? Well, definitely the first thing they need to master is the product photos. Those are super important. Yeah. (laughs) But all makers should have a really great headshot of themselves. Because first of all, when someone's buying handmade, they really do want to feel connected to the maker. That's why people buy handmade. If someone, if you don't care about the person who made it, if you don't care about the person behind the products, you're probably just going to go to whatever your closest big box store is and just buy it. You know, there's no sense of connection. But, But when people are buying handmade, they want something special and they love knowing the person behind the product. So having a professional looking photo of yourself is really important, whether it's on your Etsy page or your website or your Instagram account or wherever. I encourage all my students to have a photo of themselves as their Instagram profile photo, because that is a place where people connect with the maker. That's true. More so than even products. Uh, So I think that's really important. And, you know, speaking of Instagram, there is a difference between social media photos and product photos. And I think a lot of makers think that if they take a great product photo, they can just put that on Instagram and that's fine. But the, there's a, they serve very different functions. Photos on social media are trying to achieve a different thing than your product photos. So on social media, you're trying to get people to stop scrolling, take interest, feel connected to you, feel connected to the product. You're probably telling a bit of a story through your photos and different uh, things like that, whereas your product photos are really the purpose is to inform, build that confidence, make people feel like they know your product. So they serve different functions and they should be approached in different ways. That's totally true. Yeah. Mm. So what do you think is the biggest hurdle that makers face when photographing their work? 
Well, I think there's many mm-hmm. from from <laughs> from what I've yeah. seen and from the feedback. I think the biggest one is lighting, and it is for everyone. I mean, even I remember starting out as a photographer, and lighting was the thing that I struggled with the most. It is everything when it comes to photography. Photography literally is derived from the Latin meaning drawing with light. That's how photos are created. They're created because of the relationship that light has with the subject. So if you don't have great lighting, you're not going to have a great photo. It's really straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and that applies to any level of photography at all. Uh, no matter how professional or, or beginner you are, it's, it's all about light. So that is for sure the biggest struggle because, I mean, as a professional photographer, I have all kinds of different lighting systems and I can set up different lighting setups depending on the product I'm using and, you know, what available light I have naturally and things like that. But that's a lot. It's a lot for a maker to take on to know all those things. And you, you really have to understand kind of the science behind light a little bit too. So yeah. there's just so many things that, and sometimes I don't even realize that they need to know more about lighting and that's kind of the issue. So lighting by far the most challenging for sure. <laughs> so do you have any quick tips about lighting then? Well, it, it has to be bright. Yep. <laughs> Shocker guys, right? Um, but no, it does have to be bright. Now, if someone is shooting with a smartphone camera, it it has to be really exceptional. So that's my first tip. If you are at the level where you have like a DSLR camera, you can get away with a lot uh, less, like a lower light. Yeah. But when it comes to smartphones, it has to be so bright. And the other kicker is that it's, it can't be directly from a light source. So the light, you don't want the light to come directly from the source and hit your product. For example, like out in the middle of the yard in broad daylight or yeah. on your sunny deck. Like you don't want the sun coming directly and hitting your product. And same if you have a flash on your camera. You don't want to use that because that'll like directly light your product because what happens if anyone's ever done this you'll know what I'm talking about but then you get the really strong harsh shadowing happening Mm -hmm. and often you'll get like some really strong highlights on your image too where things are just really bright and kind of blown out in certain areas yeah uh overall just creates a really unprofessional look so you want light that is super bright but it can't be directly from sort it has to be indirect so I mean for someone just kind of the baseline for starting out, I just say find a bright window in your home without direct sunbeam coming through, mm-hmm. set up a table right next to it, set up two white foam boards in front of you and opposite the window. It's a little hard to explain the yeah. visual, <laughs> but um, so that the, let's say the window was to your left and a white foam board would be to the right. And then, you know, you're creating a space and you're basically just trying to contain the light by the window and have it not drift off into the room and then, and then photograph right there. Nice. Yeah. That's probably your best bet. Yeah. And then, you know, some people are like, well, my product doesn't fit there or I live in the woods. I don't get enough light. And then we start, or they're like, or I don't get home until after dark. And then we start to look at, okay, so what other options do we have? Artificial lighting, what's best for your product and so on. But that first setup is kind of where I recommend people start. So for like the beginner type person who is just starting out, what kind of equipment would you recommend? Well, you really don't, I, first of all, I love a DSLR camera. Yeah. And in, at the end of the day, most, uh, most of my students, almost all of my students end up upgrading at some point to a DSLR camera. Cause I get to kind of a ceiling with their smartphone where it's just limiting them too much and they know that they're ready to kind of grow beyond it yeah but in the beginning you can absolutely use your smartphone especially for products that lay flat 
I mean, it's really easy to use your smartphone. There are some limitations when it comes to it, like smartphones can distort some products to make the angles look a little funky. There's some things that you need to be aware of, Mm -hmm. but uh, especially these newer smartphones these days, you know, like your iPhone X, is that what it's called? I don't even know. Me neither. (laughs) Whatever your fancy new iPhone is, kids. (laughs) (laughs) That one, you know, the, the, the cameras are getting better and better all the time. They will likely never be as good as a DSLR camera, but you definitely can start there. So Basic, like if you have a decent smartphone, a relatively new smartphone, you can use that. I do recommend getting some white foam boards. They're handy in so many situations. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll need some sort of backdrop. A lot of people think you have to use white and you super do not. And I highly recommend not using a white backdrop if you don't have to because it's challenging. White backgrounds are difficult to capture well. Uh, and I'm sure anyone listening to this who has tried knows what I'm talking about. It's really challenging to get a great photo on a white background. It often doesn't um, turn out white. Yeah. yeah. And even if you do, you know, there's, it's hard to get the colors consistent from photo to photo and from product to product. So sometimes the white background, when they put, when you put them next to each other in your shop, they kind of look all slightly different colors. Mm. Um, it's, it's very frustrating. So, you know, I love a textured neutral background like marble or whitewashed wood or slate or something like that. Yeah. Nothing, I, nothing colored. Usually there's the odd brand and product that really does well with a colored background but for the most part i i recommend kind of keeping things neutral especially just getting started yeah um and if yeah natural light if you if you have it and i love natural light if i can shoot a natural light i always will so what about any apps that you would suggest either for um editing or just for use for photography uh, you know i have a youtube video coming out about these three apps so i'll nice. share it here of my mind and then your audience I don't know when this is going to actually air but yeah I'll add it to the show notes definitely (laughs) yeah so um the first app that I highly recommend is the Lightroom mobile app and that's free on iOS and Android it is there's a few features that you can use if you have the actual Adobe photography subscription Um, there's a few additional features that are kind of nice, but most of them you can use totally free, which is fantastic. Um, there's actually a camera right in the app that you can use. So you don't have to use the camera that's just regularly on your phone. It has the ability to go into something called pro mode, which allows you to, um, mess with the settings a little bit more than you normally would. So Mm -hmm. if you're kind of learning about how to, change that you can use something called exposure compensation to make your photos a little bit brighter and there's just more flexibility especially as you learn more skills you'll be able to do a little bit more with that camera wow plus you can shoot your photos in what we call raw file format so raw files are images that capture a wide range of data in the shot so when you take a jpeg it's what you see is what you get that's the photo and when you edit that photo you're just manipulating the pixels of that photo to, okay. to be how you want to look. But with a raw photo, it actually captures a wide range of data as though a whole bunch of photos were taken and, you know, at different settings. So imagine that there's just a ton of information. So if you go to edit, then it actually pulls in real data from the scene that you shot. So it, it retains image quality a lot better. It allows you to fine tune things a lot better. And it just, at the end, it makes for a much higher quality image. So I really, really encourage people to do that whenever possible. Yeah. So wow. that's the Lightroom app. You can do lots of amazing things with that. 
That sounds like a great one. I didn't realize that you that it had an actual camera setting in it. I played around with that one a bit. That's I'm gonna have to go check it out again. Yeah, so fun. Um, and then you can have you can get presets as well and install them in the Lightroom app. I sell a set of presets for mobile, for Lightroom mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, just for Lightroom in general, and they are compatible with mobile, and um, specifically for products. And then that way people can just kind of one click edit the situation. Hmm. I was just going to ask you to explain a preset for someone who might not know what it is. Yeah. Good call. So a preset is basically, uh, I, it's a set of, I think I have about 20 maybe. And it just allows you to kind of just do a one click. So I, I've created them with my own editing practice in mind. So if you take a photo that's too dark, there is an action called too dark or a preset called too dark and you can just tap on it and it brightens the photo. But it, because I am well versed in editing, it doesn't just, it's not just like you increase the exposure. It, it is more nuanced than that. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's yeah. a nicer, a, a nicer looking image that's brightened. So it's not just across the board brightened. It's, it's really fine tuned. And then uh, I, I kind of go through a lot of different things that people encounter, like, uh, it's, you know, I have a too dark, way too dark, too bright, way too bright <laughs> and washed out strong shadow, you know, just a lot of different things that often need to be corrected. And yeah, so it's just really quick and inefficient. It just speeds up the editing process a lot. So, and you can make your own presets in Lightroom mobile and yeah, it's so much fun. It's a great app. Neat. Okay. So here is just to end off, I've got a couple of, of, of off questions for you. So tell me. What is your favorite part about your job? I love asking creative people this question. I know. I love, I genuinely really love seeing my students make progress. Mm. And I think that, and seeing the crazy things that happen in their jobs, I think my favorite thing is when I find out that something really tremendous has happened. Like uh, I have students who have been featured uh, by influencers and have been, you know, seen their product is seen by like millions of people. They go wow. viral basically. And the fact that that was, you know, able to happen because they had great product photos and they're like, it's because of my photos. Thank you so much. And that kind of thing is really amazing. And when I hear of students who, have just huge years after like one of my students made $75,000 more in the year following my program wow. than she did. Yeah. And just stuff like that. I mean, that's like, to me, that's real stuff. It's all nice to, you know, make the money and like, you know, be able to work at home and all that. This stuff is wonderful. And I love all that too. But I love, I think by nature, I'm somebody who wants to help people succeed in their businesses. I absolutely love it. And yeah. to see that kind of thing happen for my students is so rewarding and so motivating to keep, you know, doing what I do. And uh, that's my favorite for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about Snap, Sell, Succeed? Yeah, Snap, Sell, Succeed is basically the first and last course that anyone will ever need in product photography if you're a maker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very comprehensive. It is, it's also very simplified and step-by-step. So my big thing always when teaching makers how to take their product photos is to keep it simple because I know how overwhelming it can be. I know how confusing product photography can seem. So I really simplify it down to the basics. I don't 
fill it with tons of technical jargon. If I do have to drop a tech term, I thoroughly explain what it means. And it's very step-by-step and, you know, kind of prioritizing lighting first and then figuring out your styling and then how to edit. And it's all just so basic and simple. And the idea is that you will be able to take great product photos quickly. I have students who I just closed the course. And so I just got a whole bunch of new students in just, you know, a week and a half ago. And my students are already seeing such tremendous transformation in their product photos. And that to me is awesome. I remember when I first started my course, I was like, oh my gosh, if they did it this quickly, maybe they didn't need me at all, but they do. (laughs) (laughs) That was just my insecurity talking. But now that I'm so many years into it and I've heard from so many of my students, it's just that the information is so simplified and streamlined and efficient that they are able to achieve great product photos quickly, which is what they all want in the end anyway. Yeah. So I'm actually just delivering what they want. So um, I'm thrilled and it's great. I mean, the sooner their photos are fantastic, the sooner they can sell more, make more, uh, you know, grow their business and focus on, you know, the next part of their business that they need to to take their business to the next level. So when is the next time that it opens? I'm going to add all this to the show notes, obviously, but I was just curious because I know it just closed. Yeah. I just closed. Now, normally I only open once every six months, but this year I'm going to mix things up a little bit because I'm just feeling compelled to try to do a few more open openings for some students. So my next one is going to be, I don't have an exact date yet, but it's going to be the, I think the end of May, either end of May or early June. And how long does the course take? It If you actually do, like, first of all, it's completely self-paced. So you can take, you can do it all at once. You can do it all in a week if, you, if you're really ambitious. Although I would not recommend doing it all in one week. You need to take your time and go through your step. But um, basically, I say 60 days. That's kind of my, my basic thing is that if you come into the course, you do one module a week, really work at it. And, and kind of conquer that step, then within 60 days, you'll be good to go. But you yeah. do have lifetime access to the course and to the learning support community, which I didn't mention before, and I should have, because that's such a huge piece is, you know, the, the obviously the lessons are fantastic in the course, but my support in the learning community is really where people, I think, feel the most value when it comes to the program, because everyone's products are a little bit different. And the situation isn't necessarily, it's not a one size fits all when it comes to product photography. So I'm in the Facebook group. We have a private students only Facebook group and I'm in that group every day and students post questions. They post photos for feedback. They post photos of their setup and ask how they can improve it, ask what lights they should get uh, and, you know, different things like that. So, well, being able to ask questions is, is that's a, you know, that's a, a huge bonus when you take a course. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And especially, I think for me, I've considered, you know, different ways of delivering courses that don't include the support piece. And for the most part, that doesn't sit well with me because it is so technical and I want to be able to support students and answer their questions and make sure that they feel supported because I don't want them to have to go Google something because that's what we're trying to avoid in the yeah. first place. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I'm there to help. And that's something that my students also have a lifetime access to. That doesn't, you know, it's not like you sign up for the course and you have 60 days of learning community and then it goes away. That, that's available ongoing. So, yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on today. You've shared so much valuable knowledge. I really appreciate it. 
No problem. My pleasure. The show notes for this episode are available at lanternpodcast.com. We welcome feedback about this episode or ideas for future podcasts at feedback at lanternpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could leave a review on iTunes.